The Democratic National Committee is trying to solve a spy mystery. It began before dawn Saturday when five intruders were captured by police inside the offices of the committee in Washington. The five men carried cameras and apparently had planted electronic bugs. One of them had several crisp new $100 bills in his pocket. The Democrats say they have no idea who would want to spy on them. Mr. Nixon says emphatically that the White House is in no way involved in the burglary and bugging of the Democratic headquarters, and he'll have no further comment on that matter. Mr. Nixon made these points. He admits that overzealous workers in his own re-election committee may have been involved in the Watergate bugging caper. The Washington Post reported today that the FBI has established that high Republican officials had ordered a major political campaign of spying and sabotage against the Democrats to reassure President Nixon's re-election this year. And as part of that campaign, said the Post, the Democratic National Headquarters was bugged with electronic surveillance equipment last June. That was the so-called Watergate affair. But according to the newspaper, that was only one phase of a much more ambitious effort by the Republican hierarchy. First, it was called the Watergate caper. People have got to know whether or not their president's a crook. Well, I'm not a crook. The Watergate affair began to look less minor when along with the five, two other men were indicted. If any or all of what is alleged to have been going on is true, how high up in the White House does it go? I regret that I must today name others who participated with me in the Watergate affair. The basic question at issue today is whether the president personally acted improperly in the Watergate matter. We leave with high hopes, in good spirit, and with deep humility. There was so much dark money. There was cash in every White House safe. And they didn't have to make decisions about, is this really going to help the committee to re-elect the president? And I remember walking down the hallway saying, you know, he's come, he's gone, and nothing has gone wrong. They must think me a fool because I fought <laughs> so hard to keep him out. Once John Dean had hired him, John Dean was put in charge of creating a campaign intelligence plan. John didn't watch him. And it's like Victor Frankenstein. He created the problem by hiring Gordon Liddy, and then he couldn't control it. Nobody could control it. John, do I get equal time yes, here? Yes, Because there is nothing that Jeff said that I would agree with. Um, first of all, as another Republican said, Scaramouche, who worked for President Trump, the fish stinks from the head. Gordon Liddy was not hired by John Dean. I don't know where that idea came from. John Dean certainly was involved. John Dean certainly has suffered and paid the price for his uh, admission of his culpability and his role in this. But he became a prosecution witness, he totally cooperated, and so there's just a lot of things there that are just not true. 
They hired this man. They kept him. They had them break in. There was actually, there was one attempt that failed and two attempts. The second one, which was the first actual break in, they put in wiretapping devices in the wrong places. And then they went back to fix them on the date of the arrest on June 17th. Nixon wants the truth to come out. Gordon is following the code of silence Maritime. It's a really, really interesting development because if Gordon had come clean, which he did in his book ten years later, then John Dean couldn't have whipped up his, his uh, uh, fairy tale about non-involvement because Dean hired Liddy. It's on the tape. It's on the March 21st tape. But that tape you just played is perfect. Not only was the Urban Committee and the Rodino Judiciary Committee both completely bipartisan, but the country was bipartisan. People talked to each other. We debated the policy implications of facts. We didn't debate facts. Now, if we had that same landscape that we have now, if there was a Fox News, if there was the social media and OAN and Newsmax, and etc., I think that Richard Nixon might have survived because people would have believed the propaganda. Say it loud, say it often, and people believe it. The facts are something that we need to get back to and that have gotten lost in the Trump era. Because as Jill says, facts are what matter. There are uh, uh, ones that, that detail ex parte meetings with the judge. The fact of the matter is the special prosecution staff was meeting secretly with Judge Sirica to work out things in advance of trial. And you don't know what the bigger surprise is, that they were doing it, which is an absolute no-no, or they were writing memos describing how they did it. As to these documents that uh, Jeff is referring to, they have long since been debunked and denied. There is no truth to them. They are not representative of what he is alleging was said. Join us for a Nixon and Watergate special event, October 12th at 8.30 and 10 p.m. and our Season 8 Nixon and Watergate premiere on October 16th, when the truth finally comes home. Um, Ms. Banks had mentioned the bipartisanship on the Irwin Committee. Good gracious, Sam Dash was secretly rehearsing John Dean for his testimony in an apartment twice. It was a sham. These people, these prosecutors should be disbarred.